0: Welcome to Crossroads Connection. This is a show all about having conversations surrounding life, ministry, and culture. I wanna say a quick thank you to our friends at the Truth Network for airing this program. Well, thanks for joining us today. I am Tyler, I'm here with Andy, and we are doing another virtual episode of Crossroads Connection. Andy, it's good to see you, man.
1: It is, it's great to see you too, and I think you said that accurately. Another virtual conversation, getting ready for Crossroads Connection, absolutely.
0: Yeah, yeah, man. I can't wait till we can do this in person. But I'm thankful we can do it this way, uh, and I'm thankful that we as a church haven't stopped really anything that we've been doing. Like our our big our mission and our vision for this year hasn't changed. It's still a year of transformation, 2020. Uh, so why don't you kind of tell people how we're still doing that?
1: Yeah, I think it's a good timely conversation because you know I, I saw, in fact, I saw a meme the other day where it's had the, you know the year 2020. And it was a slide, but about a quarter of the way down, the slide just went to a straight vertical drop. (laughs) And I, I, I think about that because I think, boy, how many people feel that way right now? Here we are yeah. in May and nobody nobody could have imagined that back You know, in November, December, going into January, going into a brand new year of 2020, that nobody would have thought that, just like that meme, that here we go, 2020 is looking great, it's looking awesome, that oh my <laughs> goodness, what has happened? <laughs> it and just I, went off the cliff <laughs> real quick. Out, it got out of hand really quick. <laughs> and I think that a lot of people right now are probably feeling that way. And I think to some degree, people have settled in a little bit of a really... I'm almost getting tired of hearing that that terminology, a new normal, but that's kind of what it is. We're kind of in this new norm of life. But, Tyler, that does not mean that the gospel stops. It does not mean that discipleship Mm -hmm. stops. And I think what I really value as a church and as a pastor is that we haven't stopped the pursuit of behaviors of a disciple, so across its Fellowship, we would say that there are certain behaviors of a disciple that we try to aim for, and it's connecting people, growing people, uh, serving people, it's uh, praying, and it's giving, right? And all those things of how to do those things together, connect, grow, serve, pray, give, we call those behaviors of a disciple. Well, one of those is growing. It's growing. And we want to keep people growing in their faith. So we, last year, last fall, set out on 2020 being a year of transformation, and what God made real clear to us was that this was a year for us as a church to go through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, from January 1 all the way through December 31st, and we're still doing that. That hasn't changed uh, just because there's whatever's happening in the world around us, because let's face it, we could replace right now, if, if it wasn't a pandemic of the coronavirus happening, it'd be something else, Right. There's other mm-hmm. things that will always want to occupy our mind space. There's other things that are cause people to be afraid, that cause people to be anxious and to worry. And there, there's all, there are so many reasons why people could just stop and just not do anything, including yeah. their own spiritual well-being and their own growth. So we've been pursuing that. We've been pushing that real hard. And what I love most about it quite frankly, because I'm the one that's preaching every week, and I'm writing sermons every week, and we were writing sermons and preaching out of what we would have read that week. So, for example, uh, recently we were reading through Second Kings chapter 20 through First Chronicles chapter 11, and in the midst of that, I preached a passage from Second Kings chapters 22 and 23 dealing with an eight-year-old king named Josiah who, by the time he was 26 years old, was literally cleaning house of all the idols in, in all of Israel, he was just going going on because, and here's why, and this is the tie-in I want to tie this to, they found the book of the law. So if you're not mm-hmm. familiar with that passage, in 2 Kings 22, King, King Josiah now in the 18th year of his reign, he's 26, he sends basically the secretary of the house to the Lord's house to go find money so they can pay the workers. And while they're looking for money, they find the book of the law. Most theologians believe that this was the book of Deuteronomy. Uh, This was the teachings of Moses, and they find it. And the best we can tell is that it's been a couple hundred years since people have really read the book of the law. Uh, It should have been with the king. It should have been by the Ark of the Covenant. And every seven years, they should have read it as a people, and none of that was happening. And they open the book, and they read it, and they are convicted And they start cleaning house of all the idols. They get rid of all the idols out of the house of the Lord. They clean up. They call everybody to make a covenant back with God. And you see basically an awakening and revival happen. Well, it all started by them reading the word of God. And Mm -hmm. I'm convinced that that can still happen today. I'm convinced that that happens the same way for us. And so I am passionate about it. I love that our church is doing that. I love that we are finding time in our lives to read the Bible together uh, because, like I said, if it's not one thing, it's another thing that's going to keep us from doing ministry. And by the way, we are all called to do ministry, all of us. Yeah, everybody listening to this program that is a Christian and believer, you are called to do ministry. You are called to go in the world to preach the gospel. You're literally called to be the hands and feet of Jesus in our in our culture. And by the way, Tyler, what a better time to do that than right now, when the world really needs the church. So yeah. that reminded me, Tyler, you all, uh, was it a year ago, about a year ago or so? You yeah, started, about a year ago. Yeah, you started to a project of uh, creating a worship album out of Crossroads Fellowship, and then you guys did a live recording of that. And why don't you tell us a little bit about that, because I think one of the songs, if I'm not mistaken, one of the songs on that, and we're actually going to play it here in a few moments for everybody,
0: is called, Called. Yeah. Yeah. There's no better way to say it than the song is called called. I, yeah. yeah. Well,
1: tell us what is it about that song that makes you feel that it's such a relevant song for us to listen to even today?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, the song was part of a uh, a project that we released about a year ago. It was a live recording of some of the songs that we had written and that kind of were birthed out of what God was doing here at Crossroads. And this song was uh, written by one of our leaders, uh, Jordan Jair. She kind of came with the idea of this song uh, and we kind of formed it and finished it up together. But it's all about uh, the verses talk about some of the ways that we are all called to live our life, that we're called to carry uh, hope and love and good news into the the hurting and the dark places of the world. And we are called to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. And the course is just this, uh, it's a course of surrendering, saying, God, would you take every part of me? I give you all of me and I surrender to this life that I'm called to live.
1: Yeah. Well, hey, that is a great segue. And so right now, everybody listening, I hope you enjoy this song called from the Crossroads Fellowship worship album, Rise. So here you go. I hope you enjoy it. I hope it blesses you. And here we go. everybody. And I do hope that that song inspired you. I hope it gave you hope. And quite honestly, I hope it challenged you to today be the hands and feet of Jesus and to go into hard places. And I'm actually really excited about that song because today we are interviewing Cynthia Thielen, who is the director of Caring Connections Ministry. This is a phenomenal ministry that is doing hard ministry in order to see women succeed in life in various ways. So I'm excited about this. So stick with us. We're gonna have a word from our sponsor real quick and then come out of that right into our interview with Cynthia Thielen, the director of Caring Connections Ministry.
2: Perhaps you've asked yourself this question. Are you running the business or is the business running you? How might your teams grow if your teams were driving the business forward instead of you? You are sitting on a wealth of untapped opportunity. It takes courage to learn how to create a culture where your people are truly empowered to own their seats. My name's Cheryl Scanlon, business and executive coach. Working together, we'll go straight to your core challenges to sort through competing demands and realign to your highest priorities for measurable results. Visit c3advantage.net. That's c3advantage.net.
1: All right, and welcome back from the break. We are here with Cynthia Thielen, the director of Caring Connections Ministry. Cynthia, thank you so much for taking time to be on our show with us.
3: Hi, thank you for having me.
1: Absolutely. Well, we want to talk to you about Karen Connections Ministry, but first, why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself and maybe how you got involved with the Karen Connections Ministry and what's driving that passion of yours?
3: Sure. Um, well, interestingly, it'll be 10 years that I've been with the ministry this summer. July will be my 10th year. Wonderful. Um, I know I'm excited, and it was. I'm a social worker by training. I went to the University of South Carolina. I have my master's in social work, and um, moved to North Carolina in 2003. And had taken some time off to um, raise my boys and not work, and just felt that nudge from God to get back into the work field. And a friend just said, "Hey, you know, there's this great ministry that's looking for a director." And it is the perfect blend of being able to use my social work training and and passions there, as well as tell people about Jesus. So I feel like a beautiful marriage of my interests and passions. And so personally, you know, I live in Holly Springs, been here again since 2003. I have a 19-year-old and 16-year-old, both boys. And interesting facts about me is I've never pierced my ears, one of the last few women in America.
4: All right. (laughs)
3: I used to work as a professional clown, so um, you never know when I'm going to show up with a good joke or big old pink high tops. <laughs> wait,
1: wait, so say that again. So you 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 were a or you are a professional clown or you were a professional clown? I worked
3: in my early mid tw- and mid-twenties as a clown, yes. Uh, All right, we
1: got to know, what was your clown name? You had to have some kind of name.
3: I did. It was Giggles Funny Boat.
1: <laughs> That's amazing. That's absolutely amazing.
3: <laughs> Lots of fun stories from those days.
1: I can imagine. So it's wonderful when our passion and ministry connect like this, and it sounds like you found a great fit with Caring Connections Ministry. Uh, So for those that don't know anything about the ministry, why don't you go ahead and just tell us, you know, just really what it's all about. What's kind of the purpose of it and the mission and the vision of it?
3: Sure. Well, in very simple terms, we are a mentoring ministry. So we're all about relationships Um, And we work with women in the Raleigh area that are facing barriers associated with poverty or women coming out of a recovery program um, for substance use. And so our hope is to help them build lives that lead to self-sufficiency. Both of um, those groups of women oftentimes feel overwhelmed by the barriers that they're facing. They don't quite know where to begin to build that life of self-sufficiency and stability And they often feel alone, and we believe no one should ever feel alone. No one should ever feel so stuck that they don't have hope. And so we partner them with mentors who work with them for a year. They're volunteer mentors. They work with them for a full year to help um, work on skill building and action plans that help move them in that direction towards self-sufficiency. We also um, offer a 10-week life and job skills program that ideally every woman would begin in when she enters our program, and we focus on financial responsibility, we focus on higher education, on healthy relationships, and our hope is really to provide that love of Christ for every woman so she knows she has um, a place in this world and with us.
1: That's amazing. So how does a woman find your ministry?
3: Well, that is the question of the day. (laughs) You know, honestly, I really think God just leads them to us. We're a very small ministry. We serve about 25 to 30 women a year. And some of those are, are women that have moved over from the previous year. Um, and I think they share with their friends a yeah. lot of word of mouth. We also are partners with some local agencies. And so we get referrals through them. We partner with Southlight Recovery Program. We um, teach classes at their facility. And so I'd say a large amount of our women come from there. And then just women searching on the internet.
1: Yeah. So that's absolutely amazing. So what have you found to be most fulfilling just for you as kind of the the director of it? What what keeps you moving? Like what kind of, what gets you up every day and excited about the ministry?
3: You know, there's several things. I think for me, it's always motivating and inspiring to watch women overcome hurdles that they never thought they would overcome. Mm-hmm. For a- of our women that is going back to school and graduating from a certificate program or with an associate's degree or a bachelor's degree. Um, A lot of our women have gotten back into the workforce after years of not being employed for various reasons. And then I think it's really motivating to find women uh, and just help them to have a relationship with someone that they trust, to see them build confidence and to know that they're loved, to recognize a relationship with Christ in a new way and to know that no matter what they've done or are doing, they are still loved and accepted by him.
1: Yeah, that's got to be so fulfilling and wonderful to see a woman enter the program. And then you said it's a year program, basically, or about a year mentoring. And then
3: it's really as long as we know where you are, you're part of our family. A year is sort of what we promote for our mentors, but honestly, we've got girls that um, I met when I started and we're all, we still all talk and it's like a big family.
1: Yeah, that's wonderful. So is there a story or testimony or two that you could share with us of, of what you've seen and maybe a, a woman who came in and just walked through it? Is there a certain story you can share?
3: Sure. Um, there's a girl about two years ago, and her name is Michelle. And we met her in the recovery program. We were teaching our life and job skills classes over there. And at the time, um, Michelle had two young boys at the age of five and was um, pregnant with her third. She did not have a job and did not have an education. She was going to be graduating that recovery program and having to move out on her own. Um, and so she was really scared. And we worked with her, we helped build her confidence, we paired her with an amazing mentor, her name was Teresa, and Teresa poured so much love, it was um, very nurturing and motherly into Michelle, she encouraged her to trust her God-given skills, and Michelle entered a a phlebotomy school program, and she has since graduated, but the stress of having three young children was so overwhelming, Teresa took those children for her one night a week, she babysat Home to give Michelle a safe space to just relax and breathe and to study. And they did that for the entire length of that program. And it really gave Michelle that time she needed to focus on skill building and to also build a relationship with someone that she knew she could trust. She welcomed advice from her. And they really have become very much um, like a mother daughter relationship in many ways. They've been together for two years now. Um, Michelle has moved from a one bedroom apartment where she and her three boys all live Mm. to a two bedroom home. She is working full time as a phlebotomist. She has um, a car now and she has savings money in her savings account. And so we are just so proud of the growth that she has made professionally but also how she has learned to really love herself and has a family.
1: Yeah. What an incredible story. And I'm sure you got multiple ones like that, but it sounds like a oh, lot yes. of your, sounds like a lot of the ministry relies heavily on the mentors. So Absolutely. talk about the mentors. What, how, how are the, how are the, well, first how are they trained and, and then how maybe somebody listening, how could somebody actually become a mentor?
3: Well, our mentors go through an initial three-hour training with me, and then we do training throughout the year, trying to get our mentors together to support one another. And I am really the ongoing 24-7 support system for our mentors. So this is a very different volunteer opportunity because it's very autonomous. So they work outside of my office on their own time, but I am their support system. So for anyone listening, I don't want them to think we just throw you out yeah, and yeah. <laughs> we have support. Um, but I think the mentors are the greatest catalyst for change because it's based on relationship. And it really reminds me of Jesus and his ministry. If you look at his ministry, it was all about relationship. He built relationships with everyone he met along the journey. And I think that's what we are doing. And it really reminds people that they are seen um, and heard and valued and I will say, I'd like to add that one of the beautiful things I think that benefits the mentors, too, is a recognition that we're all the same. Mm. So no matter what life you've led as a woman, whether whatever your background, economic status, education is, we all want to be loved and we all want to know our life matters. And I yeah. think mentoring brings us all together and we recognize we all have the same struggles and joys.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And we all, we all have the same core needs and desires Absolutely. and relationship is at the very top of that. No doubt. Have you experienced this yet? And maybe you have or haven't. I was just curious. Have you experienced anybody who has gone through the program and then has come back to be a mentor?
3: Yeah. It's funny you ask. I just had a, a young lady named Christy who reached out to me about a month ago and she said, I'm ready to mentor. How about that? So excited. And um, we've got a few ladies right now who need um, mentors or an encouragement partner. Um, and so one of our other ladies who had gone through our program several years ago, I have reached out to her to see if she would be interested because she, um, she has started her own business. She's gone back to school and got her degree as a, mas- as a masseuse and has started her own business. Um, wow. And she was a wonderful guide for someone else. And we just did Giving Tuesday this week, like a lot of nonprofits. And our first donation was a $20 donation from a woman who has been in our program.
1: Oh, wow. I was so excited about her
3: mentor goes to (laughs) Crossroads. Hey, all right.
1: That's wonderful. So talk to me about the future of Caring Connections ministry. What are you hoping for in the next season of the ministry?
3: Well, this season's kind of crazy. We're (laughs) shifting. (laughs) <laughs> As you all are um, to doing everything online and that's actually been going really well. We've been doing a lot of um, video FaceTime chats and encouragement groups on zoom. And so it's been interesting to see how everything has just kind of continued to move on. My hope for the next um, year or two of this ministry is just to continue to reach women in our community um, to find those women that don't know who we are, we would love to go into some um, into some communities in their cent- and like at their community center and host our classes there. And to bring in more mentors. We always need mentors. So if anyone's listening, um, give me a call. I would love to talk with you. It's not nearly as intimidating as it sounds. And I promise that the moment you meet someone, another woman, and you start to talk, God just works in in amazing ways to bond you. And um, you don't have to have any special skill sets to mentor, just compassion and a love for the Lord.
1: Absolutely. I love that plug too. And so what's the best way for people to get a hold of you? Is it a website?
3: Well, we do have a website, um, caringconnectionsministry.com. They can also email me at Cynthia at ministry.com or um, that's probably the best yeah. right now. Yeah. Or they can call us at 919-231-3995, extension 109.
1: Excellent. And so I'm, I'm assuming that your ministry is very much donation-based as well. and hundred percent. So hundred percent donation-based. So how can somebody give to the ministry as well? Same way, go to the website, contact you, reach out to you?
3: Absolutely, we um, still love snail mail, so we do have a post office box listed on our website, and we also have a PayPal link on um, on our website. So, on the bottom of every page, you'll see that donate button. Yeah, and we do rely one hundred percent on donations from individuals, churches, and um, and scholarships and grants, that sort of thing.
1: Excellent. So you'll be there ten years this summer. You said yes. this year. Yes.
3: It was going to be my transition job back. In- <laughs> And here
1: I am. <laughs> Doesn't it work out that way sometimes? Like, well, I'll just go in here for transition. 10 years later, you're still in transition, right? Well, what no. <laughs> better
3: job than to build friendships with women? I'm like, it's the best of everything. <laughs> it
1: is. Do you, do you have an approximate number of how many women in the last 10 years that you've seen come through the program?
3: Wow. Um, that's a tough question. I hadn't been asked that before. I mean, hundreds, clearly. Yeah. Because women that come in and do our year-long mentoring and then we've got women that might take a class or two but opt not to have a mentor Um, and then we receive I can't even begin to tell you how many calls per week I would say 20 calls every week from women just needing someone to talk to they may not be at a place in life or they want to do a class or have a mentor but they just need a voice on the other end of the phone to pray with them guide them and so we get a lot of callers like that they'll call a few times and then we might
1: not hear from them again. So hundreds. Of women. Well, Cynthia, what a fantastic message. Thank you so much for doing that. Thank you for doing, you know, I'm looking at the website here and I love your statement. Every woman matters to us in Jesus Christ. It's our prayer that all of Caring Connections women will feel loved and excited to start a journey towards self-sufficiency and in a living a life of purpose. I love that statement.
4: Such well, a great thank statement
1: you. and and thank you for what you're doing and so with our we just got a few seconds left so one more time tell people how to get a hold of you and the best way to do that so the website again the email and the phone number again one more time
3: yes our website is uh, caringconnectionsministry.com. dot com email is Cynthia at caringconnectionsministry.com. dot com
1: Absolutely. Well, Cynthia, thank you for your passion. It obviously comes through your passion about this and thank you for doing the ministry. And we really appreciate your time to be here on our program. Thank you so much.
3: Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for joining and listening to our program today. And thank you to Crossroads Fellowship and the Truth Network for making this show possible. You can find out more information about Crossroads Fellowship at Crossroads.org. If this show has impacted you, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at info at Crossroads.org. Thank you to C3 Advantage for sponsoring this program. We look forward to having you join us on the next show.
2: Your success as a leader hinges upon buy-in from your teams, clear and consistent communication from you, and strategic delegation. My name is Cheryl Scanlon. C3 Advantage helps you steward your most valuable resource well, improve retention, grow employee engagement, and generate higher team and individual ownership. The success of your organization begins with you and depends on your team. Go deeper as a leader and watch your organization go further. Visit c3advantage.net at c3advantage.net.